You're listening to the Seeking the Science podcast. My name is Erin, and I'll be your host. This is episode two. If you haven't had a chance to listen to episode one, I highly recommend it. In the last podcast, we left off after talking about energy. This time, I want to continue along that same line of thought and share some more stories. Um, starting with this one, I'm going to call it clairvoyant buses. So this doesn't have too much to do with energy, but it was around the same time that I was learning about energy that I learned about remote viewing or clairvoyance. And it was interesting to me um, for a few reasons. I was fascinated by it, but also I had a real need at the time uh, to use a skill like that. So at this time, I was living with my mom, and we didn't have a, a landline. We didn't have a phone, and I didn't have a cell phone. It was sort of the time right before cell phones were available regularly, other than the big brick phones in, in a car. Um, so there were still pay phones and things like that, but we didn't have a phone and I needed to take the bus all the time. So that was sort of my, my motivation. And I thought one time, I wonder if I could see where the bus is on the route and then go out and see if the bus arrives. So this was sort of my first, um, test I guess, to see if I could actually somehow use remote viewing as a skill. I had no idea whether or not I would be able to do that or if a special skill was required or, uh, I mean, there wasn't a lot of information about how you develop the skill or how people become clairvoyant. So I was really just going through trial and error like I've done before. The technique that I used was to sort of see an overview of a map in my head. So I knew the bus route really well because I took the bus often. I knew the routes, I knew the roads, I knew sort of the scenery along the way. So I was able to imagine this in my mind and I sort of thought of it as a bus route map. And when I decided to see where the bus was along this route, I sort of started at one end and and went all the way around until I felt like I had an idea of where the bus might be. Of course, nothing to base it on, just really sort of this vision that I was having. And I decided to trust it and see what happened. So the bus was coming up around the end of um, a road and in my mind's eye. And so I decided, okay, I think this is where the bus is. I'm going to get all my stuff together and go out to the bus stop. So that's what I did. I went out, I got to the bus stop, looked down the street, and the bus was there. And I was pretty surprised. I was happy. Um, But, you know, at the same time, I didn't put too much uh, thought into it because, of course, it could have been a fluke. So I decided, though, that it was worth continuing to try to see if I could make this happen on, you know, a frequent basis. So that's what I did. Um, Every time I would need to 
take the bus. I would sort of have a look and see and gauge where I thought the bus was. And when I thought it was getting close, I would go out to the bus stop and it was just like clockwork. Uh, The bus would be there or very close by, like one to two minutes away. So that was sort of my first glimpse at remote viewing and clairvoyance and realizing that it wasn't just energy. It's, it's really, you can learn anything. Um, these types of skills aren't special just to certain types of people. If you actually try and you trust, that's the key. I think you have to really have blind faith. You have to put your trust into it. You have to really test it for real. And then you'll be able to see the results. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll be with it and the more confident in the skill. So that is how I started using clairvoyance. So my next train of thought is moving forward from energy to clairvoyance. The next thing that I was testing out was manifestation. Now, if you haven't heard of manifestation before, it's really taking your ideas, your thoughts, your needs, your wants, and creating it through, um, sometimes through prayer or just through asking for it. It's, there is a technique to it. And I think many people, if you, if you searched it on uh, Google, for example, you would find many ways to sort of uh, create manifestation or perform manifestation. But at this time in my life, I didn't really have a a tried and true technique that I used. I was really just um, throwing things out into the universe and seeing what would come back at me. So at this time, the things that were important to me being a kid in high school who didn't have a job yet were cigarettes, because at the time I smoked, and you know, money, of course, lose change. I didn't have big dreams to, you know, find thousands of dollars or anything like that. But if I needed something, I would sort of throw it out to the universe and see what would come back. So what would happen to me is a lot of times I would find packs of cigarettes laying around or money that had been dropped. And I realized that this really was an answer to me sending it out to the universe. It's funny to say this now because smoking uh, is a thing of my past. It's been at least five years since I had a cigarette. But at this time, smoking was almost as important to me as eating or more important. I mean, uh, I would rather have a cigarette or spend money on that than eat. That's just a sad thing to say, but it's true. So I think when I was manifesting and sending things out to the universe, it was with the same intention that if I was starving, I would have sent out to the universe a plea to find food. But, you know, this plea was a plea to be with with cigarettes instead of without. I mean, I think that's part of the addictive nature of cigarettes too that just increased the force behind my manifestation request. So it was pretty amazing. I was, I always had cigarettes for some reason or another, uh, even when I didn't have money. I would literally find packs or 
somebody around who would offer me a cigarette. Uh, and of course, because it was a lot more common then too as well. So that was my beginning of manifestation. And it was kind of sloppy. I didn't think too much about it. I didn't put a lot of effort into it. But it was another way for me to sort of test that relationship, that communication with the universe. If you've never tried to manifest something in your life, if you've never tested it out, if you've never sat and said to the universe, okay, uh, can you send me, you know, a dime on the sidewalk? Just show me a dime. Then I, I would say, try it. See what happens. Open that communication channel. Um, and you're not, you know, I think a lot of times when we're manifesting, we're starting with things that are really big and that's another problem. So when I was a kid, it was great because really I'm just asking for small things. I didn't feel like they were unreasonable things to ask for. I didn't have any built in blocks around what I was manifesting. Whereas once we get older, we have all these ideas about things, about how much we should ask for, what things are worth, whether or not they're worth what we think they are. Um, so when you're asking for something really big from the universe and you're trying to manifest that, if it's your first time, it's probably not going to work because really it's your own blocks. You have all of this bias around whether or not you deserve something so big whether or not it's possible. So if you want to try manifestation, start really, really small. Start with a, a dime or a nickel if it's money or start with uh, something else. And this is kind of leading me onwards towards signs because signs are just another type of manifestation that we can create. But when I look for signs, it's more... It's for a different reason. It's more to confirm something, a belief or a path that I'm on. Um, so that's what I'll talk about next. So books have really played a big part in my life when it comes to learning about new and interesting things. Um, it's how I learned about most of the things that I've talked about already, energy, manifestation. Um, and I also was fortunate to have people around me that were curious and so brought these types of things to my attention, which gave me the opportunity to then go and look up books and to find out more information. The great thing about books is that you can read them, look at them, digest what they're saying, you know, come back. And I, I just find that it sinks in deeper instead of just hearing it once, maybe from a person and, you know, you can kind of take it or leave it in the moment and you might forget it. So, um, for this particular story, I had picked up a book, um, that was about Wiccans, I think. I was I was really curious about what Wiccan what Wiccans were, what were they about, what did that mean? Was it a real thing? So I got this book and I remember picking it up and 
when I tried to read it, it was just, I think I was just so intimidated. It freaked me out so bad that I was just like, I couldn't comprehend anything of what was being said. So I just put the book down and I thought, wow, this is way too much. I don't even know why I even bothered to get this book. So I let it sit there for a few days and I picked it up again. And this time I was able to, to read a little bit more. And one of the there were two things that I really learned from this particular book. And one, the first thing was about signs from spirit, which I'll talk about throughout this podcast, but um, probably a later one. And then the, the second thing is the communication from the universe, including gifts, gifts from, a, from the universe. So that's where this story comes in. Now, I wasn't really trying to you know, create a a situation where I would be given a gift, but it was in my mind. I I was just learning about it. So I think it was just the right opportunity for this communication to occur. Um, So at this time, (laughs) being a teenager, you know, again, um, I loved obnoxious clothing, really, really loud obnoxious clothing. (laughs) That's the only way I can put it. Um, I would go out and buy pants, like brightly colored pants, grandma pants, really. They had the elastic waist, but they always had the nice bright colors. Um, and I would put panels in the bottom for bell bottoms. And for these particular pants, I seem to remember they were like pink or purple. And I had inserted a bell into the bottom of the pants and then on top of that I had taken these sequins these strips of sequins in sort of like tassels and I had attached them at the knee so anyway that's what I was wearing this day as I said pretty obnoxious really out there definitely making some kind of statement not too sure what it was but you know I just really loved that type of clothing at the time And I was standing at the train station waiting for a train to come when a girl that I knew approached me and she was with her friend. And right away I knew that if they could have just pointed and laughed at me and just totally ridiculed me, they would have done that Um, (laughs) because they were very uh, edgy and trendy and, you know, compared to probably however they saw me it was just it wasn't great so I knew this I could I could sense it even though we were talking they were being nice to me at the time I just knew that you know they're probably going to talk about me the entire way to wherever they're headed on the train so instead of having a normal reaction that I would have which was being angry or just you know feeling upset. Uh, Inside, I was just like, you know what, I'm okay. That's okay. If, you know, you want to make fun of me or judge me, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm not going to um, buy into it. And, or, or, you know, I just felt like I forgive you, which sounds weird to say maybe, but that's sort of how I felt. I forgive you and and that's okay. I totally understand and I get it because I don't know. 
in the past, I definitely probably would have made fun of me too. So they went on their way onto the train and I was standing at the station and I just felt really light. I felt great, you know, because this was the first time where I felt like I didn't, um, what's the word? I didn't return the, the judgment because I knew that they judged me. I, I wasn't returning it back. So I just felt really good about that. And this man walked up to me, handed me a rose, and then walked away. I mean, it was <laughs> really an amazing moment. Just out of the blue. It was nobody I knew. It was just very, very random. Um, I never saw that guy again. It just had just had the flower. And and again I felt like, wow, you know, I that that's it. You know, I I'm the universe is telling me that that was good. And from that point forward I would say that communication channel was open. So I think that's where I'll leave the podcast today. Be sure to join me next time for episode three of Seeking the Signs.